Aquaponics is a system where plants and fish live in harmony. The fish help feed the plants, and the plants clean the water for the fish. In Maine, Trevor Kenkel is banking on aquaponics to help replace greens coming from California, and he has some big plans for the future. Welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. I'm Chris Torres, your host. Trevor Kenkel is my guest today. Uh, he is the owner of Springworks Farm in Lisbon, Maine, and I visited him on a recent multi-day trip to New England where I toured a whole bunch of farms. Trevor talks about the challenges starting a business, what drove him into aquaponics, and dealing with successes and challenges along the way. It was a really, really neat tour, and I think the interview was a really interesting one, and I hope you'll enjoy it. So thanks for listening. Hey, Trevor. How's it going? Doing great. Okay, thanks for having me, Chris. So um, we are here at your Springworks farm and uh, 64,000 square feet of growing space. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about aquaponics and how that system works for people who don't don't really know what it is or aren't really familiar with what it is. Sure. So we grow in greenhouses using aquaponics, which is combining fish and plants in a recirculating system in which the fish provide organic fertilizer for the plants and the plants clean the water for the fish. So it's it's one big ecosystem and, and we're essentially stewards of it. Okay, cool. Where did you come up with the idea for this? So I started growing um, using aquaponics about... 14 years ago. I grew up out in Montana around uh, a lot of agriculture. I saw the impact of agriculture on the ecosystems around me. For me, it was a creek near my house that I would kind of tromp around and explore, um, catch frogs, you know, catch brook trout. And a couple years after I started going there, the, the frogs disappeared, the fish went away and it coincided with with agricultural development in and around that that creek and so from a young age I kind of had a connection between the the negative impacts of agriculture and what we eat which I think is not something that a lot of people have an opportunity to to see Um, so I, I started a little organic garden got chickens but eventually wanted to find a way to grow year-round in a place like Montana, and aquaponics was that solution to be able to grow organically in a controlled environment uh, where, where it could be done year-round and, and then built bigger and bigger systems kind of through high school and eventually started Springworks with a little 6,000-square-foot hoop house, and we started out in, in food service and have worked our way into retail over the years and now do a lot of business with Hannaford's and Whole Foods in the New England region. In fact, we're the sole uh, organic green leaf provider for Hannaford's now and, you know, plan to continue to, to grow that relationship and our relationship in retail over time. You have an interesting story of how you actually ended up here in New England. Yeah. So a couple of, couple, you know, it involves football and a couple of things that happened to you along the way. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I had had planned to come out and play football at, at Bowdoin, but ended up betting, getting a, a bad concussion midway through my senior year and ended up taking a gap year from college, uh, getting treated for that concussion kind of over the course of that year. And midway through that, as I, as I recovered from the injury, I started working on what eventually became Springworks at that point. But what year are we talking about, Trevor? So this would be 2012, 13, and I had built a greenhouse system in my backyard at that point that was really intended just to 
feed my family, but ended up kind of producing more than anticipated. So I started selling it to, to a few local restaurants and that really kind of provided the, the fundamentals for the, the early business plan. And, you know, then eventually pitched a group of folks to invest in the first facility and, and we started it out here in Maine. And then throughout the early phases of Springworks, I went to school at Bowdoin and ran the farm at the same time. How old were you? 18. 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Tell me about your, your business plan. I mean, tell me about that initial business plan. What was your initial goal when you actually started that out? And you got to start from somewhere. Tell yeah. me how it got started. Yeah, so I think a lot of the fundamentals that that drove that business plan are still very much at work today. And I, I think, in, in fact, in a more pronounced way. So the emphasis on food safety, organic, and the, the value that that drives on local and how important that's become. And, and then also the substitution to kind of higher quality, more nutritious greens over time too you know switching out iceberg for romaine or romaine for for bib you know like and initially we planned to grow a lot more things so we started out we probably grew 20 different things through the facility early you know all kinds of different herbs like basil cilantro and, um, and this is all in the aquaponics yeah, yeah yeah right out here in maine and we were producing it for restaurants so we were delivering to food service in our own little refrigerated van and very quickly discovered that we needed to focus on just a few things and get really good at those things before we diversify our products at all. So, so, we, so, so what was the, I mean, did you have an epiphany or I mean, was it, was it just lack of sales? I mean, what, what, what drove that decision? I think every crop has its own kind of unique idiosyncrasies that become challenging to manage. And you start to every crop that you add, adds variability into your kind of your overall production and operations. And I think that's, that's important, you know, you might, and also the depth of your product line. So as we brought on customers, it's like having fewer SKUs meant we were less likely to be out of a certain product or, or be undersold in a given product line because we could kind of manage it more effectively. And then the growing side too, it, it simplifies what is already very complex to a handful of varieties to work with. And and then we've kind of taken that and over the years we've started to add to that product line, but doing so, I think learning from our early experience to be more methodical and try to judge when the right time is to, you know, start out with testing the product. Does it not only perform well in small phase, you know, small experimental trials, but now Let's do a trial with our customer, get it out into the wild and see how people react to it, how it's packaged, price point, shelf life, because all of those, you know, that's very different once you're actually in the environment in which your product is sold than say, you know, testing shelf life in our own cooler because you're not exposed to what's going on in the supply chain in the same way. Mm -hmm. And then gradually expanding that out in, you know, for us, we've, I think differentiated ourselves and that we grow a broader lineup of products than most greenhouse growers do, um, at least in, in our area. We grow different types of head lettuce. We also have cut products. Uh, we've started to introduce herbs, have, have done so kind of slowly over time. You slowed down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, slowed down and simplified. 
So Emily, uh, or excuse me, Sierra actually, when did she join you, your sister Sierra? Yeah, so she joined the company four years ago now. She had just gone through the MBA program down at Endicott and actually ran our farm stand the summer before that. And that was kind of her like first exposure to Springworks. And she's my older sister, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> by a couple of years. Um, so after she graduated, she was just really excited about the opportunity to come up here and, and, and has just been tremendous at, at cultivating relationships for us on the sales side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started working with food service distribution really early on in the company's history always with the intention to be able to scale this because we knew that network of like local delivery to restaurants, you can only get so big, but scaling through food service and then ultimately retail distribution was critical for us to be able to make a bigger impact because the way that we grow uses significantly less resources. And I think that's ultimately what drives our team is the impact we're making on as we replace commodity product from California and Arizona that's traveling thousands of miles away and mm-hmm. and uses a lot more water, space, et cetera, mm-hmm. as it's grown. And so your first greenhouse was, your first greenhouse was 6,000 square feet. And uh, you've recently gone through, you have a second greenhouse now of 18,000 square feet and the third one now of 44,000 square, 40,000 square 40, feet? 40,000 square feet, yeah. So so tell me sort of like the timeline of your, of your expansions and what really, you know, obviously you must have, your stuff must taste really good and you must have gotten a lot of sales of it. So tell me a little bit about the timeline of your expansions. Yeah, so we spent the first few years really focused on the nutrient solution because that is you know fundamentally what makes aquaponics different from say hydroponics or you know other methods of growing and had not really been done at scale in a way that that was economical to date so once we got the system to a place where we had a lot less variation we really understood through all seasons how our varieties were going to respond um, this is, and this is a year-round operation, by the way. Yeah, we do this all year. That's right. Yeah, and and we're hitting production targets that exceeded benchmarks. Then we decided to to expand to the second greenhouse. You know, we had a lot of pent-up demand at that point too, and it was our first real push into retail during that expansion. That's when we really brought on. We had been doing direct store delivery to Hannaford's prior to, but at a very small scale, only five stores. And this is when we really started to bring on. Hannaford's and, and Whole Foods in a bigger way. We're actually going through the distribution center um, and key, eventually how going key to. Was that to actually get into Whole Foods? I mean, how key was getting that contract? Oh, it was it was really big for us because it and and also the way that we that we got into those places. So in both in both cases, we started with direct store delivery. The product did well in you know local locations. And, you know, they were excited about it enough to put it in the distribution center, but a very limited number of products. And importantly, products that compete directly with West Coast Organic. And we very quickly proved that we could compete quality, price point, all of that with the product coming from the West Coast. And that, you know, indicated to us that the opportunity is not as, say, a niche local provider. It truly is as a broad, you know, produce producer mm-hmm. and really being able to produce a large portion of our customers produce section mm-hmm. in a way that makes sense for everybody, you know, 
for us, for Whole Foods and Hannaford's, for our customers, it really drives a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and so and so, how much do you actually produce in a given year between the varieties you actually grow here? So we grow right now a little over a million heads of lettuce mm-hmm. a year. That's a lot of lettuce. It's a lot of lettuce. <laughs> and you also do, from what I understand, you do some bok choy and you do some. Uh, now the lettuce itself is that is that pretty much all the varieties of lettuce, or is that just a you know what is that encompass? It's tough to so we do some things in weight, some things as heads. Because you grow we're now bringing le- on bib lettuce. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. So we grow like a green leaf head, a bib head. We grow a baby romaine. We're now growing full-size romaine. But we also do products that are by weight. So they're not so much, then you're not really targeting a head so much as, you know, kind of pounds. And then now we've just recently started to diversify a little bit into herbs. So our, I guess our numbers get a little bit more complicated now <laughs> than, than when we just had three. But I mean, how would that how, how would that compare to say a really large scale greenhouse grower? I mean, how how does one million heads of lettuce actually compare to something you know like a large greenhouse grower? You think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, there's not a very significant amount of greenhouse production right now. I think in the U.S., I mean, we're getting there. Folks are starting to put down bigger facilities that are meaningfully changing the supply chain. But I mean, still more than 95% of America's lettuce is produced in California and Arizona mm-hmm. out of the field. So that is the dominant force in the lettuce market. And that's not even, and then there's of course, you know, folks growing in soil in other parts of the country, but that's really primarily where product comes from. And that's ultimately what we are targeting to replace because that's, you know, you're basically growing lettuce in the desert and, uh, and with a with a technique that uses a lot of water. So, <laughs> do you actually sell the fish? Yeah, we do. So um, we we sell our fish right now to a to a, a local fish market, and then we're working on eventually doing that distribution through our retail partners. Okay, so it's really two revenue streams here, if you will. Yeah, so you have your your actual the crops that you grow, and then the fish. So yeah. it really is two revenue streams that you're growing here. Yeah. So now, I mean, we're producing about two hundred thousand pounds of fish. Wow. All tilapia. All tilapia. <laughs> <laughs> is there a Trevor? Is there is there a reason why you why you went with tilapia, and, and is there a source that you actually use to get that to get those fish? Yeah, so we'll get fry flown in when they're really small, like less than a gram, and then we'll grow them out for ten months where they can get to market size, and you know they are really important as as really the the fertilizer engine behind the system. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of economics work out that the, the operation is weighted a lot more heavily towards the produce mm-hmm. side of the business. Sure. Um, but you know, ultimately the, our ability to produce a lean protein source without, you know, cause our, our whole system is zero discharge. So, so we're using very little water on the aquaculture side as well. It's essentially a recycled system. It's essentially yeah. just, you know, you use everything over and over again. It's a recycled system. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same way that, well, it, in, a, in a way, it's mimicking what's going on, you know, out in a creek and in nature. Mm-hmm. We test a lot of different water parameters and have an understanding of how to kind of nudge those things in the right direction and keep the ecosystem in a place where it's most productive for the plants and the fish, which getting to that point was not easy. And there's a lot of complexity to it, but ultimately it also, it allows us to grow in a way that I think is very consistent with 
like the values of organic and and minimizing our, our footprint. How much of this developing this business, how much of this was really just, you know, a lot of experimenting on your part and trying to make sure that, you know what, you have the system the way you want it now, you know, you could, I need to tinker this to make sure that they grow better. I mean, how much of that was just experimenting and, and how much of it, where does one go to actually learn about this? I mean, did you actually travel a lot yourself? I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, I mean, as we've scaled, I think, you know, going and seeing other operations has become more important because also getting a sense of how they how they run their operation because the operational efficiency you know as we get bigger becomes really critical too because you, know, you can grow the product but you got to be able to get it out get it packed appropriately and do it in a way that'll make you some money exactly yeah. right um and that's you know just because you can grow it doesn't mean that that all of that is happening the the way that you like it so but on the growing side of things, I mean, we really, we spent a lot of time experimenting ourselves. I mean, there's a benefit to, you know, we're sending down new crops multiple times a week. So you're constantly in a position where you can experiment, run, you know, a paired test where you change something in one area and not in the next. And I can tell you for the first, <laughs> there was a period where I didn't miss a single day in the greenhouse for I think about 18 months wow <laughs> and it's for wow. that reason because our crop turns so fast I mean once it's in the greenhouse it's less than a month so wow. um and you have from what I understand you, you, you leave for the have... weekend you come back things look a lot different yeah <laughs> you know? well, from what I understand you actually harvest four times a week yeah all year right. round yeah wow that is really really how did you get through that time 18 months <laughs> <laughs> Did you get sick of greens by that point? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> sick of fish? I don't want to have any more of that. No more. Wow, really interesting. Um, you know, what's, what's really re- interesting about this about this operation you have here, again, you know, you run it with your sister. And by the way, what is her role here? So she's, um, she's our VP, but really primarily works in sales and marketing. And we really kind of meet in product development mm-hmm. because I'm more on kind of the technical and operation side. And then product development is really where you marry the, you know, the technical side with, with sales and what you, what the, you want the customer to experience. What's it like working with her? Oh, it's been great. And we have an awesome working relationship, which is really nice. <laughs> I know that's not always how it is siblings. <laughs> um, but we, we just get along so well. And I think we really understand kind of where our boundaries are with each other and, and also knowledge too, where, where kind of one or the other is uniquely positioned to have, to have kind of a better viewpoint on something mm-hmm. um, and respecting that kind of mutually. Very cool. Very cool. Now you have an expansion, a planned expansion here where you're actually going to be expanding up to 500,000 square feet. That's right. That's the next goal. Yeah. So how do you hope to accomplish that? Yeah, in phases. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're planning on doing that over the next uh, five years. And there is, there's so much opportunity with, with our current customer base and, and within the kind of northeast produce market generally to be able to get to that kind of scale. And I think, you know, being here in Maine and, and having run the operation for a number of years, we've been able to get a lot of great local support too where a lot more folks know about spring you know when we first arrived here i mean i'm from a small town in montana we had the total small town everybody thought we were growing dope back there in our little greenhouse you know uh so we so we started doing tours every saturday you know and um 
and people have just have been really supportive of the operation. So I, I think it it's taken years to build a team that can execute on that and and really have you know broad based community support for us and our brand mm-hmm. up here but you know ultimately we we have the kind of the customer base necessary to to get there too you have a young team as well yeah i mean i, I went around and i actually saw a lot of the people that work with you and, and your sister and you have a fairly young team how do you get them so excited about about this business because i know the the, the employees that i've talked to seem generally excited to be here and excited about this business yeah and i think you know i mean everybody here works very hard i would say it's not only do we have to get folks excited about it but they have to genuinely want to put that work in too and that sometimes can be difficult like we get a fair amount of people that are like oh man i'd love to work in this operation and you know do this do that. and then it's like they have their first couple of days here and they're like Maybe I'll buy the product, or, you know. I'll eat it. I'll help yeah, you out. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be on my feet the whole day, though. And because it's still, you know, it's the work we do is generally speaking ergonomic and relative to say having to pick it like ground level and that sort of thing. But it's still farming at the end of the day, and so it's yeah. it's tough work. And and we have a team that I think really understands that, um, like our entire. Anybody in our core management team um, would not hesitate to also work in the greenhouses, you know, sure. and I think that's important. And that's been built over a number of years in large part because most of us have had to work in the greenhouse for a substantial portion of time uh, at, one, at one time or another. So, and, and I, you know, we, we kind of, as we've gotten a little bigger, also um, there's a little bit more of a spotlight on what we're doing that can attract people to us as well. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now you're entering your, your uh, seventh year. You're in your seventh or eighth year mm-hmm. of actually doing this. You know, being, being doing this now for seven or eight years, what have you learned have been the keys to really making um, not only your aquaponics business a success, but being a successful business owner and a young business owner? Yeah, I think we have been very intentional about scaling over the years. I mean, there's been opportunity to grow a lot faster in an earlier kind of part in the company's life cycle. And we generally would only grow, you know, as fast as we felt like we could. Because not only are we scaling a, a technology, but there's everything else that goes along with the business too. Your supply chain, your customers, your team. And I think that often is not given enough credit. People are so focused on growth that... Uh, it can come at the expense of all of that. And you can kind of lose your way very quickly, I think. And, you know, now we're scaling more rapidly, but it's only after having put in, you know, seven years of figuring the system out, getting our supply chain right, understanding our customers and the products that we grow. So I think, you know, there's a fair amount of cautionary tales out there where companies have, you know, gone from very small to very large really quickly. And then, um, I mean, over the years, we've seen competitors come and go, surprising speed, you know, between when the grand ambition um, is there and then when things are gone. And so, you know, I think that that's critical, I, I would guess, in any business to know which opportunities to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes all the way back to early on growing 
so many products we could barely keep track of it and limiting that to because the whole time you have customers pushing you to grow different things and and it's not that you couldn't do it either but every time you take on some kind of some marginal a product expansion and a facility expansion a new relationship it spreads everybody out just a little bit thinner and it you lose a little bit more focus you lose that quality control if you will exactly yeah yeah and so kind of being disciplined about staying focused relative to the resources you have i think is something that mm-hmm. we think a lot about interesting what do you see your biggest room for improvement what are some of the areas of the business that you think you can really improve on you you seek to really improve on yeah so i mean i think coming from the growing side i always feel like we can improve our growing <laughs> but um and and there is there's a lot of um i think there's a lot of room there to to continue to you know reduce the resources we use and um and improve productivity but you know i think operationally as we hit you know kind of another level of scale there's a lot of efficiency to be had there to start to introduce automation in a in a more extensive way uh as we as we continue to get bigger and then i i think there's always figuring out the right product mix and the way to present a product that really drives value for for us and our customers is also always an interesting challenge um because it's not necessarily all about you know gross productivity it's also about what do people what do people actually want and what you know what does quality mean to and what does value mean to the to consumers that are buying our product did you ever think it was going to get this big i certainly hoped so but <laughs> but it um i think it's it's really great every day to drive in and and just get to work on on what makes this place so special with with a team that is just exceptional all right thanks very much all right thank you a really neat system that trevor and his team have in place up there in lisbon maine good luck to him and his crew for more information on springworks farm there's a link to the farm's website on the episode and there's also a link to the story i wrote on the operation as well thanks for listening this week and i'll see you next time